Welcome back, Orlando. I'm currently talking to the main man over at the Memphis Express podcast called the Memphis Express and Goal. So how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, Sort of getting my gear and stuff ready for the, the match Saturday night because it's actually not that far away. It, it kind of caught me by storm. I was looking at the calendar uh, earlier today. And I was like, holy crap, you only have like a day and a half till the game. I was, oh, yeah, it- I'm excited. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. It just seems like we've been waiting so long for this, and like the buildup has been so much, and it just seems like at this point it's kind of going by so fast. Like we're already coming up on week three of the season. Like it's crazy. It it, it honestly is crazy. Um, now for the fans that are listening right now, you guys might not know this, but the Orlando Apollos are facing off against the Owen Two Memphis Express Saturday night at eight p.m. at Spectrum Stadium. It is going to be, in my opinion, probably the game of the week. You're going to have a Hall of Famer, Mike Singletary, facing off against a legendary head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. It's, it's, I'm excited. <laughs> I've already said it like once or twice already, but I just can't stress how excited I am for this game. Yeah, it's going to be such... And I mean, if you think about it, the coaches all over, I mean, like everybody has their story. You know, Mike Martz, you know, the Super Bowl winning coach. and But I mean, there's just something about like, it's the... One of the you know the greatest defensive players of all time versus one of the greatest offensive minds of all time, and it's such a crazy kind of counterbalance that it's going to be. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game, and I feel like uh, most of the AAF and fans in general, football fans in general, are excited as well. Uh, they just released the TV ratings. I want to say an hour or two ago for Week Two. I don't know if you knew this. I think I saw something about it, but I haven't looked into it. Yeah, um, the AAF attracted around 1.8. 1.8 million viewers last weekend. So we had uh, about a million on TNT. And then 425,000 on NFL Network Saturday and another 425,000 on NFL Network Sunday. That's crazy. I wonder why. I guess TNT is probably more accessible because isn't like NFL Network a premium package? Whereas uh, TNT... Yeah. Um, NHL, uh, not NHL Network. NFL Network is... Uh, a premium channel so unless you you're paying for like the premium stuff on your cable or you have a satellite you won't be able to really watch it so i can understand that they actually didn't even mention the numbers for uh cbs sports network and i feel like it's just it sucks for the league that in my opinion the best game last week was on the one network that not many people watch Mm -hmm. because i I feel like uh, the san antonio or orlando apollo game that shootout would have been great to have on national tv and let the whole world just see what this league could be yeah absolutely and plus you got to take into account like those numbers don't include all the uh maybe not so official airings like on youtube or on reddit where they do like the live streams of it so i can only imagine like how many more people watched it that aren't counted yeah, that is true. Um, I actually, I love those accounts. The people who post it on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> dude, I love them so much. If it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be able to watch half of these games. <laughs> the same. And especially it's helpful because I always go back and rewatch at least the Express games just so I can kind of like slow it down and analyze every play the best that I can. And as far as I can tell, even though they promised it, the AAF hasn't delivered their video on demand service. So we're still waiting on that. So it's kind of like the YouTube uh the YouTube channels are probably the real MVPs for giving us the uh, these rebroadcasts of it. Yeah, I mean, we're also asking for quite a bit from a league that just started a couple, like, nine nine or so months ago. And that, I feel fair. like it's just because we're, we're so used to watching the NFL, we're anxious to have this 
nice product that we could watch in the spring that we still have to take into consideration that the NFL definitely wasn't made in a year. <laughs> so Very true. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take some time. I don't think it'll take as long as the NFL just because we have uh, much more technology that's accessible to us now than it was when the NFL was first mm-hmm. started. So I feel like we'll be able to take off quite a bit, but we're going to give the app some time because the app alone barely cut it before, uh, before games were played. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you're still having issues, but I've only played maybe two games of Fantasy, and it glitches out. I don't know if that's for everyone else too. Yeah, I just assumed I, it was like a, a developer's glitch. Yeah, I know. Like in the first week, I played it quite a bit, and then like at least for the very first game, I think I was watching the Commanders and Fleet, and I was playing along with it. But then, like any other game, it's either like it doesn't keep up. Like it doesn't keep up with like the game. I'm trying to say it doesn't. Um, uh, like it doesn't keep up with the plays so like by the time you actually are able to choose a play and it resets then like the play is already over with and like the app is it doesn't have the tv delay like the streams do so you kind of get a spoiler by playing the playing the game uh yeah that that's true um i actually used fantasy for a couple a couple times when I couldn't I wasn't able to stay home or watch the game on YouTube or anything like that. So I actually used the fantasy to stay up with the game. Oh. Clever. I, I tell you it, I'm not gonna lie to you, I had a hard time kind of looking at the all twenty two with the, the little circles running around. Because <laughs> the football I don't know, the football wasn't really showing. So I just see a bunch of people running towards someone and just don't know what's going on. But yeah, I'm not it's... watching AAF at all. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like my version of the app or if, like what it is, but my app definitely isn't as polished as the one they are showing on the ads during the game. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, the stuff they're showing on the ads though might be more of a like concepts that the designers created, but they're trying to still make it digital on the app itself. That could be it too, because they they probably just rendered what the app was supposed to look like and used that for the ads instead. Yeah, that's definitely true. So you know what? We're just gonna hop right into this and start uh, previewing our match. Alrighty. My very first question. Um, I was scrolling through the Memphis Express Twitter, and everyone's talking about the quarterback play. What's your opinion on? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We actually like went mess. to. A- deep dive on the episode that we just recorded. We haven't released it yet. We're about to, but it comes down to there's so much to an offense besides the quarterback, but the quarterback is the most prominent figure. So he tends to get the majority, if not all the blame. But in reality, the amount that you can put on Hackenberg is very limited. Yes, he did have a lot of bad passes and that's something that needs to be fixed, but it's not his fault whenever a receiver drops the ball or his O-line can't give him any sort of protection. And whenever the play calling is so vanilla that they're running the same play three times in a row. So as far as like the actual, his performance, I don't think based on his performance that we need a quarterback change. The problem for me is, especially because I was at the game, so I didn't see this live, but watching the broadcasts of it afterwards is his attitude. He was very petulant and uh, 
just not the confidence and kind of the leadership qualities that is needed to lead a team, especially one that's struggling so much. Like you need somebody that can build up the other guys. And I don't see that from Hackenberg. Yeah. Um, I've been a Bears fan all my life and I'm not that old, so I can't really talk about, you know, 80, the 85 Bears and stuff like that. But I've definitely experienced most of my years as uh, Jay Cutler as their quarterback. <laughs> and, okay. Um, so you know what's going on. Yeah. I can tell you right now, Jay, people give a lot of hate on Jay Cutler and I'm not a big fan of uh, his personally, but we probably had the crappiest offensive line in the whole league for a good four or five years. And we still managed to make it to the NFC North champion, not NFC North, the NFC championship a couple times. Mm-hmm. So just based on that alone, I, I can really feel that I, I can tell you from personal experience that it's not always just the quarterback and the quarterback just gets put all the blame on, but there's yeah. always more to it. Yeah. And I got to give him a lot of respect you know, you didn't see a whole lot in the first game, but against the hot shots, he was throwing his body out there like he was putting the game on his shoulders the best that he could. You know, he had, I think, 44 rushing yards and a touchdown, and he took some big hits. So the fact that, like, when the game was on the line, like, he wasn't above putting his, like, sacrificing himself to try to get the win. Now, whether that makes up for his inaccuracies or not, you know, that I'll leave that up to the audience, but. You know, I got to respect his determination and his grit and his kind of um, his courage to go in there like that. Yeah. Um. Now, this might not be necessarily about this week alone, but I wanted to ask how the game was. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Didn't the Memphis Express host the home game last week, week two? We did. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at some photos and it, it looks it looks interesting. It looks real fun <laughs> over there. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, disappointing turnout. I think we had the lowest paid attendance out of any game so far. Um, and a lot of that is like Memphis has a hard time supporting teams, especially when not winning. So we've got a lot of work to do in that part. But, you know, we're we're in a fairly warm climate. I mean, it gets cold in the wintertime, but like we don't do the cold and the rain and all the inclement weathers like maybe, uh, you know, people up north do like the people up north can, can handle, especially like in Green Bay and whatnot. So the fact like it was really cold and there was like this wind going on and like it was raining right before the game, I think that steered a lot of people away. So the attendance wasn't where I wanted to see it. But as far as like the the fans that were there, like I I think it came across in the broadcast, but it was loud. We were rowdy. I mean, it was really exciting to be there for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just looking at some photos and stuff, and it looked like like the fans were just having a great time. It didn't really matter how many fans were there, but the, everyone there had a great time. So that's really all that matters when it comes to AAF, am I right? Exactly. Entertainment, yep. spring league football. Yep. Um, and just see, add to that, it's, you know, I, it's a 20-minute drive from my house to get to the stadium. You know, I don't get that with the NFL. And I paid $150 for my tickets for the entire season. That's like what half a ticket to the NFL game, and just the fact that like you know walking up, you can get a ticket for twenty bucks and see a professional football game. Like that's to me that's that's what's really exciting about the league. Yeah, I, I just think it's crazy the sh- how accessible and cheap the tickets are. There's really not an excuse to at least go to one game. Absolutely, like you, you just you have to. Heck, what is it? Uh, the Apollos were marketing some new deal. Uh, Forty dollars a seat will get you season tickets. 
Oh, yeah, I saw some because they scored 40 points in that first game that they're giving, like, that special deal. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a great deal. Thank God the Apollos didn't put up 80 or 100 points. <laughs> so, Yeah, I think Sony made a joke that the Memphis should be giving away their tickets since we, since we didn't score the first game. Mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. hey. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of jokes and a lot of memes that are directed towards Memphis, almost exclusively towards Memphis. So that's been frustrating, but it's part of it. When you're 0-2, there's not a whole lot you can say. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've also, I love scrolling through Reddit and seeing those memes, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Some of them yeah, are pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, uh, it's easy when you're, when you're 2 and 0 to be smug <laughs> about it. Just wait, just wait. There's going to be a time whenever you guys are losing that I'll be able to throw it back at you. Yeah, I, I hope not. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember seeing one and it really stuck with me. I think I have it off of my wallpaper right now. Oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, shows a video of, not a video, um, a photo of, I want to say your quarterback Hackenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it says, "Coach, I tried to throw in the towel, but they intercepted, they intercepted it." it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was dying at that one. Uh, there's, there's plenty more, but if I started just reading off every single one, I think the podcast would be like two hours long. Yeah, I so. will say he did not throw a single interception against the Hot Shots. So, mm, wow, progress, progress right yeah. there. <laughs> Um, I'm looking at the forecast for the game, and if this sticks, I don't know if it will, but it is going to be another rainy day in Orlando for the game Saturday. That sounds like fun. At least it's going to be warm, because I think I was talking to um, our GM, and they're talking about the weather, and I think he was saying it was going to be like 70 degrees and rainy, which is a lot better than the 40 degrees that we had when it was raining. Uh yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. There's a high of 87 Saturday. Oh God! So, <laughs> what what even is that? It's just Florida weather, man. We're all used to it. People over there, like during the snowstorms and the what is that? The whole the whole winter storm area during mm-hmm. that whole time where it was like negative 40 stuff like that. Floridians were just chilling in the pool and their flip flops, <laughs> their swim trunks, having a great time. It's just it's 24 seven summer. It's winter's great actually. It gets to like a cool high 50s low uh yeah wow. high uh, high 40s low 50s just it's perfect weather <laughs> we'll rub it in so you see i honestly don't think the rain's going to deter that much of the crowd because orlando was still able to pull twenty thousand with the rain mm-hmm. uh last time i think that's because florida floridians are used just used to the bipolar weather that comes with just living in florida yeah there'll be times where it will just be raining for uh maybe five minutes if so, and then it'll just be sunny for the rest of the day. Uh, I wish I actually had a video of this. So I was at oh, the week one game, right? Mm-hmm. Half the stadium was raining and half the stadium wasn't. I, I kid you not. It was hilarious. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I felt like, I don't know how to describe it. Just I wish I had video of it because you just see it downpouring on one side. On, on the field, you see the one side just drenched and it's pouring down. And then I move with my camera to the other side, and it's completely just dry. Wow. That's so, insane. <laughs> yeah, Florida is pretty bipolar. Yeah, I can tell. Um, now, I wanted to ask you this. What do you think are the three strengths of the Memphis Express right now? Uh, hands down, the defense is the biggest strength. 
you know, you look at the hot shots coming off a of hot week one, people were raving about their passing game and just how strong of a team they were. And then we shut them down for almost three full quarters. You know, they were completely shut out the entire game until, you know, late in the third quarter when they rallied and came back. And, you know, our defense is just strong. Our defensive line is incredible. Um, you know, we held the iron to, I think it was like 54 rushing yards total in the entire game. And most of those came in the second half. Um, we have a very good cornerback in Channing Stribling. Um, he's, you know, I was looking at PFF grades and he is rated very high. Um, and then you just got to, you got to give credit to our, to run a, you got to give credit to Zach Stacy. you know, the first player in AAF history to have a hundred yard rushing game. Even with poor O-line play, you know, our run blocking was not great this past weekend. He still ran for 100 yards and, like, I think it was 19 carries. So I think our, I think we're going to have to rely on it. When it comes to our offense, it's really going to be on Zach Stacey to kind of lead the way. And um, I just wanted to mention this. So the Orlando Apollos, I was looking at some statistics mentioned during this little uh, interview, and the Apollos defense – is on the field for about four-fifths of the 120 minutes we've been playing. Oh, wow. Four-fifths. Well, hold on. Don't roast me in my math here. I want to say that. <laughs> around 105 minutes out of the 120 that the defense has been on the field. It's crazy. Uh, the Orlando Apollos, we have a really good offense that's mm-hmm. just explosive. And we go down the field quickly, or we just throw long bounds and chuck chuck it in the air and just hope one of our guys catches it. And it, it pays off for us because we're all, our offense is barely on the field for around like two, three minutes to drive. So your offense is on the field for most of the game, or your defense? Defense, defense. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Four-fifths yeah. is on the defense. So our defense is very conditioned, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's also why we let up so many points, or at least against the commanders. Our, uh, our defense is getting gassed because our offense was scoring too quickly. Yeah, we have the exact opposite problem. <laughs> our defense gets gassed because our offense won't stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, if you had to pick any one of our problems, I'm pretty sure you'd pick our problem as well. Just, In a heartbeat. You know, <laughs> honestly, like some guy was saying, I'm trying to remember. I saw some guy tweeted saying uh, the Apollos won't go far because they, they're not, they don't have a run game, so not be able to run out the clock. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that. yes, that is true. But in general, if you're comparing where the Orlando Apollos are at offensively to other teams, I'd still pick the Apollos position and some teams are still having a hard time just getting a first down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, despite the lack of run game, you know, there's you still can't argue with the efficiency of the Apollos offense and their ability to go deep and get these big plays and really, you know, discourage the defense and get the momentum on their side. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, I think now, now for the second week in a row, the Orlando Apollo player has won offensive player of the week. That's crazy. So it's, it's, it is crazy. And I don't know if you can hear this right now. I hope not because I'm in the middle of recording, but <laughs> There is some stray cat outside that's watching me through the window, and he is crying crazy. <laughs> I heard a little. I heard something. I couldn't tell what it was, but I don't think it's that bad. I was okay. Just, just making sure. Just want to address that for everyone listening. You just hear a cat just screaming in the background. Just 
just know there's no nothing abusive going on in my household. It's just there's someone outside my window, and it's I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is creepy. I'm not gonna lie. It does in the middle of the night sometimes. I just have to like just put earbuds oh, in wow. and just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our main receiver. We don't really have a main receiver. That's one of the crazy things about the Apollos. Uh, we have a couple deep threats that accumulate a, accumulate a lot of yards, but they don't mm-hmm. get that many targets. Yeah. Uh, the our, the guy with our most targets last game was uh Charles Johnson, and he got 192 yards as a receiver. That's insane. <laughs> a touchdown on only seven receptions. Yeah. <laughs> They were just, he was blowing past that commander's defense. It was crazy. And then Jalen Marshall only had uh, two receptions for 84 yards. So we just have a bunch of speedsters who are just mm-hmm. running downfield and catching any balls that uh, Gary Gilbert chucks up. Yeah, and that's going to be where the Memphis defense really needs to step up. You know, against the iron, we were kind of soft in coverage and let a couple of deep passes get behind us. And you know, we didn't see that during the hot shots game, so I'm hoping they've kind of corrected that. But that's really the key to Memphis having a chance is deep coverage and being able to take away those chunk plays. So that way the Apollos have to kind of rely on short yardage plays and just really kind of frustrate the offense and get them to make a mistake and keep and, them yeah. out on the field longer than they're used to. Um, Honestly, if I were the Memphis Express, I would try as hard as I can to – even if you have to put three three uh, defensive backs just in the like down there in uh, the back mm-hmm. of the field, just so that they can't chuck it up and force them to play in front of you, and if you're able to stop them uh, that way, you're gonna make them try to run a little bit more, and they're not that good at running. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, and our we're run just defense. gonna put it hard for the for the Apollo's offense there. Yeah, and our um, run defense is strong. So if you guys, if we can get the Apollos to have to rely on the run game then yeah, it's not, it's going to be a lot easier. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah. You want to know the funny part about that, though? What's that? Uh, the Apollos don't run a lot, but when it comes to the two-point conversions, they run 80% of the time. I guess that makes sense because if you can go all the entire length of down the field without running, then the defense, you know, you kind of get weak on run defense, and that's kind of the perfect time to kind of pull it out. Yeah, and... uh. Actually, two of our passes that we've attempted for the two-point plays have been uh, tricks. So Memphis better watch out for that. We've attempted at least one trick play in every game so far. Okay. Uh, week one, it worked out for that two-point – not the two-point – yeah, I want to say the two-point conversion with it was uh, the Orlando special. Uh, some announcers are calling it the Snowbird special. Where, okay. <laughs> uh, Jalen Marshall was actually the first player to not only catch or receiving touchdown in the AAF, but to throw one as well as a wide receiver. Okay, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, so we had that one. And then the San Antonio game, we tried it again, mm-hmm. except we ran it the opposite way. And we had, I don't know what he what Steve Spurrier was thinking, but he put like three quarterbacks in. And I, I mean, it was a good play design, but it, they just didn't execute it well. Yeah. So I, I guarantee you Steve Spurrier, also, Steve Spurrier is going to have something else up his sleeve for uh, week three. And it's going to be interesting to see how, when, and where he utilizes it. Yeah, I mean, he's just such a play calling genius. Uh, it's it's going to be a very tough game to kind of keep up with what he's doing in offense. Um, now, 
I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Okay. So the Memphis Express are uh, based on the PFF power rankings. Actually, let me put that up. I want to say they're last, uh, the eighth seed. And now, overall grade? Uh, I'm I'm going by their their power rankings. Their overall grade. They're oh. they're actually not. I, they might not be last on their overall grade. <clears throat> okay, but the power rankings that PFF put out. Uh, yeah, the power rankings by PFF put out the Memphis Express are eight. I just want to let you know that in the Apollo Audible's uh, power rankings, I I just had this uh, discussion my last podcast, which just happened a couple hours ago. I had the Memphis Express in the sixth spot. Really. And uh, the two teams that were behind you were the Fleet and the Legends. Now, it makes a lot of sense, actually. I have a couple reasons for that, but my main reason is that uh, the Memphis Express, yes, they got shut out the first game, but one, they're facing a good team, and two, they pl- they really uh, competed throughout the whole game in Week Two against the Hot Shots, and they almost yeah. came out with a victory that time. Yeah, uh, I-, I honestly feel like they're they're one of the sleeper teams right now. And out of any upset that I would pick uh, this week, it would probably be Memphis uh, beating Orlando. Out of any upset upset that I'm looking at, another good one is going to be Salt Lake uh, up against the Hot Shots. I could see them pulling off an upset as well. Yeah, but you have three two and zero teams going up against three zero and two teams, <laughs> so it's going to be uh, for when it comes to betting and stuff. If you're interested into that, or any of my viewers interested into that. Be careful who you bet on. Just don't look at the record right now. Be careful and don't put that much money into it because we're only still two games into a new fresh league. You don't know what can happen. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I like that you brought it up because despite being 0-2, the Express is, I feel, just, you know, a few changes away from being a top team. We have a lot of talent on offense we have obviously an elite defense and it's just a matter of fixing the play calling and just being able to throw the ball down the field that we haven't been able to do so far. Like if we can get fix the offense, then we're definitely going to be a top three team. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know about top three, but I can see <laughs> squeezing in and maybe making the playoffs. Um, I'm maybe I'm being optimistic. You know, I'm being a little biased here, <laughs> but <laughs> lot, maybe it could of... happen though. We still got eight exactly. more games in the season. So, yeah, that's very true. We're only week two. There's still eight games left. And hey, maybe we can go eight and two. You know, dream big, right? Dream big. Eight and two, that's not a bad record. And you would actually, you might be able to host a, the, what is it? I want to say the East, the East Division Championship game. Mm-hmm. If that happens, that would nice. be, that'd be interesting. And I'm pretty sure Memphis would be happy to host a game like that. For sure. Hey, we have a big enough stadium for it. So <laughs> come out yeah. and enjoy the barbecue. Um, if I'm just looking at past history when it comes to Orlando versus Memphis, uh, it's not looking good for Memphis right now. I'm looking at uh, college-wise. UCF has beaten Memphis All right. All right. <laughs> so many times in college football. And I'm looking at it in basketball, and it's sort of even. 50-50 on that. But if I add in everything in total, volleyball, uh, football, everything else, everything like that, Orlando is drastically better than uh, Memphis when it comes to all of that. Okay, Memphis isn't known for... Are you talking about like all of Florida or just Orlando? I'm just Orlando. Just Orlando. Okay. So Memphis isn't known for their college sports. 
All right. And I think we were briefly ranked in college football a couple times last week or last year. And the UCF Knights were, what, top 10 when they played us? And they barely beat us. And the UCF had dominated, like, every game pretty much except when they played Memphis. So for Memphis to go up against a ranked team and almost pull out a W, you know, you got to give credit there. And I will say our basketball team is going to be making noise next year because we have the top recruit. Like, I don't follow college basketball, like, at all. So this is just – I don't know pretty much talking – from what I hear right now, but we got the best recruit in the league or oh, out of high school. Hold on. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Continue going. Continue going. So I'm just saying, just watch out for Memphis basketball next year. Uh, I was going to say I was there, not there. I was watching on ESPN when he committed. Yeah. And out of any college and he picked Memphis and my dad and I were just like, what were you thinking? I mean, okay. It, it sort of makes sense. Cause that's his, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's his hometown. His yeah, hometown college. But he had so many different options available that most people debate are better for him and have a better education and a better chance of making it to the NBA. Probably. But I don't know. I don't know. It just it, it caught it definitely caught me off, uh, by surprise and it, it really caught me off guard. Yeah. But I mean, and he's just because like he committed to Memphis, I think there's like the top I think there's like two or three top 10 players that have committed to Memphis as well, because he's here or he's going to be coming here. That's all it takes. All it takes is one. Mm-hmm. So like I said, just watch out for Memphis next year. I mean, it's about time you, you started dominating. We need sport. it. We need yeah, it. Yeah, You really did. You know, um, we have the Memphis Grizzlies and they're, you know, they're doing what they're doing and you know, we, we need some wins. <laughs> I've actually been to Memphis a couple of times. It's not a bad city. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like awesome. it. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I went there, I confused it for Nashville. Oh, goodness. And I was confused on where all the music was. Uh, and then okay. I was like, oh, well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Memphis. Okay. But other than that, it was pretty good. I went there for uh, an NBA game. I went to see the Bulls visit uh, Memphis. Okay. And uh, the the city's, the city's nice. Some, I saw a lot of Memphis Grizzly fans out there. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me because they're not they're not too hot. No, but Memphis is a big basketball town, so typically they'll support the Grizzlies through a fair bit, but not always, but quite a bit. So I saw on Twitter that the Memphis Express is looking for a name to call their fans. Yep. Uh, what are, what was your thought on that? I mean, we've been calling our fans the flight crew since pretty much like early early last year when like soon after we started this podcast we came up with the flight crew so that's that's what we're going with i like it um uh I'm, i've heard other people say the the memphin the memphin the oh my god sorry the <laughs> memphin burger express yeah uh, I, I like this one the but i like this one the best and it does incorporate the flight crew so this is the name and i quote flight for the love of God, please start Zach Mettenberger crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that one too. It's a bit wordy, but it has a nice ring to it. It does have a nice <laughs> ring to it. Um, my honest favorite, though, it does include Flight Crew, but it's Flight Crew 901. Yeah. And I like that one. I, I'm just going to assume 901 is your area code. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So if that is your area code, like you just said, then I, I like that name pretty well. Uh, it fits, and then it still incorporates something about Memphis mm-hmm. with it. So I think that works. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I could get down with that. Yeah, I can. Uh, another guy said to call the fan club the Browns 2.0. Okay, okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Another guy said the Mile High Club. Which so. is fitting, considering our team name, so I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go with that. Uh, air traffic control. Okay, I can uh, dig it. Yeah, I, I dig that one, too. This one, I kind of like. It's uh, first class. Yeah. Um so like I know that's what we call so we have seating actually on the field. Um and it's like on an elevated platform and it's like right behind the end zone, it's like really good seats, all inclusive. And I know the team calls that the first class section. So that might get a little confusing. Yeah, that, that could get a little bit confusing, so that might not work. Um I'm just reading off a couple more. Mm-hmm. One of them said the twelfth man. I don't really know if that's a, really a fan name because most teams consider their fans the twelfth man, anyways. Yeah, and there's so many legal issues with that because I don't know if you're aware that's name is actually the the rights to it is owned by Texas A and M or some. I'm not. I'm probably going to get fried for this, but there's a team in Texas, the college team, and they actually have the rights to that. And for a long time, Seattle called their fans the twelfth man, and they actually had to pay royalties to this college to actually use that in marketing uh to use that in their marketing and since i think it was like last year or the year before they decided to stop paying them and now they call their fans the 12s just so they don't have to pay the royalties for it so to call our fans the 12th man is gonna be it's gonna cost some money <laughs> yeah uh the last one i saw that i kind of like is the co-pilot the co-pilots okay i can dig that yeah, I like that a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, honestly, if I had to pick, I like the f- the Flight Crew 901. Mm-hmm. Like, that works. But I don't know. You guys shouldn't really be picking your own nickname. It's just supposed to just kind of flow through. I Okay, so I a lot of people were saying that early on. And I will agree to that to an extent. But when you think about, like, the way a lot of leagues have formed, it was organically over a very long period of time. You know, the NFL – started out like early 1900s and it didn't actually become what it is today until, you know, mid-century. But for the AAF, like we don't have the luxury of having this long history to build a team. Like we have to get this league going now and get it sustainable immediately. And if that means maybe a little less organically coming up with, you know, what to call the fans just to help build that camaraderie and identity, then you know, I'm all for it if it's going to help kind of build that loyalty to the team. You see, I'm the opposite. I feel like uh, the history is the fun part about it because you're 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 part of the history, you're part of the story and how this all started. The fans that originally came and how it grew and took off from there. That, yeah. That's my opinion on it. But uh, I see a lot of people who agree with you on that part. I don't know if the Orlando Apollos have any uh, uh, fan clubs anything like that. But we do have a section, and I don't know if they showed it in week one, but it was just filled with uh, people in togas. So I, I saw something about that. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a, a full section in the end zone, just filled with people in togas, and they had drums, and it was it was, it was fun. It was kind of awesome. funny. It didn't really work well because they were all wearing togas and pouring rain. <laughs> but... <laughs> It is what it is, and it looks like they're going to be yeah. wearing togas again in pouring rain this Saturday. Well, hey, more power to them. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think the pouring rain is going to help the Apollos whatsoever. Memphis has a nice running game, and yep. the Apollos like to air it out. 
So I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, having the slick ball is going to make throwing and receiving a lot more difficult, especially on these deep passes. So, hey, I'm all for the rain because we do have a strong run game. And our and our passing offense, uh, well, you know what that's all about. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the wallpaper Wednesday for Memphis Express, and this is a little bit off topic, but I, I'm just loving it. Yeah, the one that has like the um, like the glow on the uniforms. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that. Like, I don't know. The Apollo's wallpaper Wednesday is weak. Come on, guys. Michael Waddell, you're the president, dude. I know you. I know you're listening to this. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Speaking they, they, of, give it a designer on this. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Waddell, have you heard about the uh, the little wager he's got going with? Uh, Memphis team president Koshe Irby. Uh, yeah, it it, it is pronounced Kosha because I, I didn't really want to mention I don't want to butcher his name. Uh, so Koshe or Kosha. Koshe. Koshe. Yeah, Koshe Irby. Believe okay. me, I butchered it for a very long time before I actually heard the correct pronunciation. <laughs> so yeah, wasn't that that something? Uh, I don't know what happens if Michael Waldell loses, but I know that if uh, the Apollos win, that Koshe is gonna. I don't know, it was kind of cheesy. He was going around in, like, Mickey ears or something like that. Yeah, and uh, Waddell has to dress up like Elvis if the Apollos lose. Uh, you see, I knew about this way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first interviewed Michael Waddell and I talked about – I actually interviewed Michael Waddell after I finished watching your interview with Kosha or Koshe. Yeah. And uh, he was very cocky when it came to Orlando. <laughs> so Ew. I did mention that, and he said they were going to make a bet because they're, they're good friends. And Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They did. They were both very competitive guys. And Koshe, pretty much any competition, like, he's down for. We actually, we're trying to get him, we're actually trying to convince the Atlanta Legends team president to compete in a wing, a hot wing eating competition. Uh, Because whenever Atlanta comes to Memphis in week 10, it's the Southern Hot Wing Festival as well at the stadium. So we're trying to organize a hot wing eating competition between Koshe, Irby, and I think it's WD Livingston, the uh, Atlanta team president. So that's what I saw in that group chat. I saw something about winging contest yeah. and Kosha, and I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot, is, a, is it you and your wife going to just compete against Kosha and just see who can eat the most rings? No, because we'll probably lose. I know I will, but uh, now nah, we're trying to get him to go up against the Atlanta team president. That would be interesting. That really would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually uh, – what is it? What is it? We have this festival going on in Florida – called the strawberry festival okay and it starts in uh i want to say a week in march okay and i they're doing some good marketing over there for the apollos essentially if you go to the strawberry festival and get a ticket you get a free ticket to the orlando apollos game nice now i don't know if that's true i'm hearing rumors about it if that is true that is huge because i know mm-hmm. uh, the strawberry festival brings in over two hundred thousand people in the thir- in the first weekend alone. Oh wow! So if they're able to, you know, give those people the tickets and hopefully bring out a nice crowd, there's going to be nice. Um, yeah, now, personally, sure. I w- hoped Orlando, the Orlando Apollos, played in our uh, soccer team stadium. Why is that? Orlando City. Um, the Orlando City soccer team stadium is a little bit smaller. It holds around twenty five thousand people. Which would have made our stadium look packed the first yeah. game, but um, it's a loud stadium. It was engineered for uh, noise, mm-hmm. so even though it has twenty thousand people, it's supposed to sound like there's over two hundred thousand. 
with the way the whole stadium's engineered. It's newly built. It was made, I think, two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it's not in a good neighborhood. So the that could be never why. Are. Yeah. But uh, the UCF area is really nice because it's all renovated and everything's good over there. So, and it's more family friendly because if you go to the, uh, uh, the uh, Orlando City Soccer Stadium, there's a lot of uh, bad people there for uh, family, a lot of ladies of the night, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and then the game being at 8 o'clock at night wasn't going to help. Yeah. So I, I could kind of see where they came from by uh, partnering with UCF, especially since uh, some of their players are from UCF and you're able to draw a nice crowd just from college people who want to have a good time. Yeah, for sure. And I, that's that's all I saw because I, I saw the tickets before, and there's only only ten thousand tickets sold before game day. So I'm pretty sure that all those college kids just saw stuff, and they're giving away tickets for like five dollars. So, <laughs> so I, I, that's probably why ten thousand more kids showed up for that game. Yeah, hey, whatever it takes. Like you know, I think somebody was criticizing the AAF, saying that like saying you know a lot of the tickets were probably given away, and like go for it if that's what it takes to fill that stadium. Yeah. You know, people aren't going to jump on this year. I mean, it's going to take a, a while for it to really catch on. So whatever, whatever these, you know, these teams need to do to fill the stadium, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, uh, what is it? How how to describe it? No one's just going to buy tickets automatically if they don't know what the product is going to be like. Just like yeah. if you want to buy something online, and some people are kind of hesitant because they want to see it first, and with clothes you want to try it on, can have a taste. Mm-hmm. stuff like that the same thing goes for football and entertainment like they want to they want to have a preview what it's going to yeah. be like and uh the, since it's a new league no one really knew what it was going to be like week one exactly no one had any clue so it was hard to convince people to come uh i'm pretty sure that uh the orlando Apollos are going to have around the same attendance maybe a little bit less i don't think we're gonna have more like uh, san antonio did with yeah they, i think they got like two thousand more fans yeah, yeah, some right around there, and that was good for the AAF. San Antonio sure. is probably the the uh, the city that every team wants to play for, basically right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's San Antonio was just a slam dunk as far as like when choosing a city for this league. San Antonio, like you can't do any better than that. Yeah, it, it's great, and uh, I was watching the Apollos game and the game before that in San Antonio. I just hope San Antonio. Uh, I'm glad that the Orlando Apollos are in the Eastern Conference, and I'm. I hope you should be glad too, because uh, the San Antonio, uh, the San Antonio uh, stadium, and the fans there are the loudest possible. I think I've ever heard. Yeah, and there's, there's going to be a tough place to play when it comes to playoffs and uh, stuff like that, and later games when it when stuff starts to become to become more important. I really just don't want to play San Antonio. Yeah, it, I think I can't remember when we play them, um, but I know we're playing them in the next couple of weeks, and it's not going to be fun. It's not—I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge trying to deal with that crowd noise. Yeah, I was actually proud of how uh, the Apollos handled that noise. We did have like four or five uh, false starts or state of or game of delays. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, I just butchered that. I'm just trying to figure out the word for it. <laughs> the kind of tired for me right now. I've been up for a while. Yeah. I've actually been up since uh, three o'clock in the morning. So my Ugh. brain is just fried. That's when I went but, to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, anyways, anyways, I just feel like it's not going to be fun, and it's no one wants to play San Antonio. And end end the discussion right there. Uh, the Apollos handled it pretty well after the first drive, where we had four or five. Uh, I'm not going to say that word. Just delay of game. Delay of games. There you go. There you go. There you we go. It. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> uh, we had four or five delay of games in the first drive, and after that, we just we settled in and we were able to get to work. I just hope that the Orlando Apollos can fix their uh, slow starts to games. Yeah, because it was looking like we weren't going to be able to. It was looking real ugly, I want to say, for uh, the Orlando Apollo fans when we were down by, like, two and a half touchdowns. Yeah, I know, like, I was watching the game, and I tweeted out, um, kind of didn't age well, but I said something along the lines of, like, can we agree that power rankings after one week is worthless? Because Orlando was, like, the number one ranked team for a lot of people, and, like, they did not look like a number one ranked team in that first half. Yeah, they really did not. Um, I, I would argue they didn't look like that in the first quarter because in, the, in yeah. the second in the second quarter, that's when they were able to close the deficit to one. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I still agree with you because it's, we did not, it didn't look pretty. And just the way the calls were going, I, I didn't think it was just going to be your day. Yeah. But I mean, that just shows, you know, the determination of the team and the, brilliance of Steve Spurrier, the fact that they didn't let it get him down and rallied and took over the game. So I just want to mention this, and that's because a lot of people are underestimating the Apollo's defense. Okay. Um, I would, I want to say we have the best defense by any means, but I would argue that the Apollos have the most efficient defense in the whole league. Okay. Um, if I'm going by power, uh, not power, pro football focus, which isn't necessarily the best source because I know a lot of people don't agree with uh, their stuff, and I I don't agree with their stuff a lot when it comes to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Orlando Apollos have the highest, the two highest graded cornerbacks in uh, in the uh, in the AAF so far. Well, that's something. Yeah, with Keith, with Keith Reeser who. Oh and, yeah, uh, two pick six. But hey, 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 hey. The good part, or not so good part for the Apollos fans, is the Memphis Express have two guys of their own that are within the top five: Justin Martin and Channing Stribling or Stribling. 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 Yeah. So you guys have a decent uh, defensive backs, which is not something that I want to hear because we just want to attack weak defensive backs. Mm-hmm. So that's not that good, but um, the Memphis Express also have a pretty good linebacker in Demarcus Gates. Yep, yeah, yep. he's the league leader in tackles right now. It also doesn't help when you know your offense is going three and out a lot. So I would argue that he has a little <laughs> bit more reps than other players, but yep. still, still yeah. pretty good. And don't sleep on our other cornerback, Cutrere, uh, because he had that beautiful interception against the Hot Shots last week. So I think that he's definitely going to be uh, somebody to watch out for. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to pull up the schedule. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, what are your uh, predictions for each game? Who's going to win? Score predictions. And give me your MVP of each game. I'm going to load it up. In case you don't know the schedule, I'm loading it up right now. Yeah, I'm pulling it up too. So I'm going to talk about the entire league for week three. Uh, Yeah. 
So the first game is the Hot Shots up against the Stallions. I I got to give it to the Hot Shots. <clears throat> I don't, you know, it's going to be, you got to keep the quarterback contained. You got to keep him frustrated. That's what we did for most of the game. Um, and I don't think that the Stallions can do that. So I'm going to have to go Hot Shots. You see, I'm going to flip it with you. I'm going to go yeah. the Salt Lake City Stallions. I'm going to give you two reasons why. Okay. One, it's the Stallions' first home game. And they're in cold ass Salt Lake City, Utah. That is true. Who is their opponent? Arizona. Arizona is the complete opposite of Salt Lake City when it comes to, um, I want to say, coldness, right? Weather, mm-hmm. climate. The Stallions also play in a high climate, a high, a high altitude. Yeah. Arizona is the complete opposite as well. If you're just comparing these teams, it's going to be hard for the hot shots to come into this game and adjust. And honestly, I have to say the Stallions are the most underrated team so far in the in the AAF, in my opinion, with the mm-hmm. close second being to the Express. I feel like the Stallions are going to pull off an upset, and uh, it's going to be because of their starting quarterback coming back from injury and leading them to the victory. All righty, sounds good. Next one is going to be the Memphis Express visiting Orlando. Yeah. <clears throat> So I don't think that the Apollos are going to have the same high-flying offense that they've had the past two weeks. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, but I don't think that our offense is going to be able to get things together in time to actually get the win. So I think it's going to be fairly close, but I'm going to have to give the the win to the Apollos. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you as well there. Uh, totally not biased or anything. No, no, of course not. <laughs> but I'm going to say we're going to come off with a victory. Uh, twenty-five to thirteen. I think that I think I predicted like uh twenty-eight twenty. Because I think we're yeah, gonna keep it close, cool. but it's gonna be because of our defense. Uh, next game is going to be the Iron visiting Atlanta. It's, this is going to be Atlanta's first home game, so we're gonna see how their crowd turns out. It is in Atlanta in an outdoor stadium, so it's gonna be kind of hot. What's your thoughts? Um, I'm going to have to lean towards the iron. The legends just have so much going on as far as their coaching goes. And I don't think that they're going to be able to kind of fix their issues in time. Um, I think the iron are overrated. You know, a lot of people haven't ranked high, but they didn't, you know, they didn't really score on us until late in the half or late in the game. You know, they had three field goals going into the fourth quarter and the stallions had them shut out for most of the game. So I don't think their offense can is all that strong, but their defense is. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Legends can play to win, but I, I think I'm going to have to lean towards the iron. I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm not going to lean towards the iron. I am going to put all my money on the iron. <laughs> the iron are going to win 70-0. to zero. Oh, my goodness. Mark my words. I'm putting it down on paper right now, posting this on write Twitter. Write this one down. 70 to 0. Promise you guys. Over under on how many points are going to be scored by the legends? Zero. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next and final game. It's either like it doesn't keep up. Like it doesn't keep up with like the game. I'm trying to say it doesn't. Um, 